what I do normally. I mean, not with my hands, but... Hello, and welcome to another episode of Veterinary Journal Club. Uh, excited to have you uh, back again. We are recording for the YouTube channel again. Hello, we're probably in, in on the camera. Um, eh, if not, whatever. If not... <laughs> Whatever. We're in a different location. Uh, we're going to try to mix it up, keep you guys on your toes. Uh, yeah. And so today, Topher's idea was that we would talk about foreign bodies, probably because you hear me talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's pretty frequent. All the time. You always try to, they're going to get a foreign body. Is that, the cats I got a foreign anything. body. I, I don't know. They're oh, because I talk about our cats, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am worried about our cats doing so. Mostly... Mostly hippo because he's I bad. I don't know why. Motor eats more stuff. Like what? Plastic. Anything he plastic. He chews on plastic. That's not the same as eating it and swallowing it. And I pulled a string out of the kitten's butt how, whenever, whenever that was, like a month ago. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. But I did because... Because you're a doctor. I'm allowed. <laughs> you're trained. Okay. So what do you, you want to talk about? Like, what are, your, what are your thoughts? When you hear foreign body, what do you think? I think there's something in my animal that shouldn't be. Yeah, something foreign. It was imported Not from foreign. another country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird term that like you just start using it all the time and it becomes kind of second nature. But it's just like, it's it's actually it's probably a very offensive term when you really think about it. But basically there's something inside your pet that shouldn't be. So it's not biological. It's not like a tumor that they've grown. That wouldn't be a foreign body. But like they either ingested something and it's in their, in, in, in their GI tract somewhere. Or if, um, you know, they got, shot and there was like a projectile part of a bullet fragment that would be considered a foreign body um or like out on the west coast um they'll get things called grass ons like a w n ons um and those will like just plant material that will like worm their way into yeah. the animal's body yeah it's gross um so having a people too i don't know probably i don't i don't i never did when i lived on the west coast but um i think it might be more northern california that kind of area i'm yeah. not sure anyhow so how common are foreign bodies very dogs and cats do dumb things yeah like frequently how often do you see so it? most of the time when it's a foreign body it's been ingested like that's the vast majority of the time that we see when we say foreign body we're usually talking about something that has been swallowed um, by a dog or a cat more dogs than cats dogs are dumber than cats but um except for our cat our cat's real dumb but usually it's been swallowed and i would say in some shape or form dogs and cats have eaten something inappropriate uh, we see it every, every week, multiple every times week, a week. Yeah. yeah. They don't always require surgery, which is usually the ones we're worried about. Like, is it going to require surgery or some sort of major procedure? Sometimes they just poop it out or, you know, you can, you're not supposed to do this, but pull the string out of their butt. Um, so they don't always require like this huge ordeal. And sometimes they're, it's like relatively benign. Um, it's like, yeah, okay. Your dog ate a rock. Um, and if it's a small enough rock, it might just he'll poop it out one day. Um, or, you know, he swallowed a paperclip. Okay, that's fine. Um, the, so just having a foreign body in your intestines does not necessarily mean that there's going to be a problem. Didn't you say you do um, x-rays sometimes and you'll see just like some change? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's incidentally found. Um, I, I had a case like this years ago. Um, we had a case that was referred for emergency removal of some coins or a coin. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the dog was, the, the reason they even knew about it was because they were taking x-rays of the chest because the dog had pneumonia. And so they were like, it's got pneumonia. And then they incidentally found that there was like, the dog had swallowed a quarter at some point. And they were like, ah, it needs to go for emergency quarter removal. And I was like, it doesn't. 
at all right now. Like that might just poop there, out later. Isn't there like a certain coin? Because I think yes. in case it's like a penny before. Pennies. A penny that was minted after 74. I don't remember the year. I thought um, I was thinking 74 also. Oh, you were? Okay, that's probably right then. If not, sorry, look it up. Google it. Um, because pennies are not actually made of copper anymore. Um, they've got like a tiny little copper coating, but they're mostly made of zinc. And so dogs or, or cats, um, mostly dogs that eat pennies um, that were minted in the last four or five decades um, are, are going to get zinc toxicity, um, which can lead to anemia, causes a but destruction like of the red blood cells. it's like slow release zinc toxicity because yeah. they have to eat through the copper first, yeah, right? I, well, yeah, they have to get at least through the copper, which I don't think takes very long, but I've oh, definitely the ones no. that we've, well, I don't know. I actually don't know because usually you can ask the dog what time, you know, how many days ago did you eat this? How and long they ago never, did you eat this penny? They don't tell you. Um, but the ones that I found usually like the penny's been eroded through, like there's like, like Lincoln's head is missing. Um, but uh, yeah, so like if you know that your dog or cat has swallowed or the patient or the, the client brings in an animal's like, yeah, he definitely just ate all the change in my pocket. Was there a penny in there? Probably. All right. You should probably try to remove that. Um, they, they can see on YouTube that you were yawning just now. We're, we're boring, Topher. He's not excited. It's at the end of a day it. of work. Yeah, they do. My parents do. Just Hi, mom and dad. My parents watch this. If you're not my mom and dad, cool. Yay, thanks for being here. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so yes, if there's zinc, there's a potential for zinc toxicity, um, you want to remove that coin. But like other, other times, like it'll just pass. It'll be okay. Um, the things we worry about are one, if kind of like with the zinc toxicity, if the thing they've ingested will also contain something toxic or poisonous, then that should probably be removed. Um, but the biggest concern we have is foreign bodies causing an obstruction. So like a physical barrier or somehow preventing things to move through the intestines. That is a life-threatening issue. Um, and so we try to remove those things before they become life-threatening. Um, so looking for evidence of an obstruction. So if you have, you know, your dog swallows a golf ball um, and it gets stuck in the middle of the intestines, what do you imagine would the signs be for that dog? It would uh, not be pooping. Probably not pooping. This one can throw you off. We'll talk about that a little more. Um. It would probably have stomach pain. Might be painful in its belly, yep. Um, it would be malnourished. Oh, it depends how long it's been going on. Usually not. Usually they have problems before that, so they'll bring the pet in. It won't eat as much? Yeah, exactly. It won't be eating. And if it does, what will it probably do? Throw up? Yeah. There you go. You figured it out. You're so smart. Yeah. So smart. So vomiting is going to be a huge sign because again, like everything's trying to move forward and it can't. So it goes backwards. So vomiting is going to be a huge common sign, not eating to go along with the vomiting. Um, oftentimes they don't poop, but this one can throw you off because you can get irritation of the intestines. And so everything after the obstruction might actually be irritated and they might be having signs of diarrhea for a little while. Yeah. Um, so that one can throw you off somewhat. But frequently, yes, they're not pooping. It's just not a guarantee. Um, but the vomiting and inappetence is really important. And then belly pain, like you said, discomfort. Not always, but it's a common thing to see. Um, so vomiting is a rare presentation. On a, That's not true. It's like one of the most common reasons that dogs and cats come into emergency. So what would make you think, ah, this, this, the cause of this dog's vomiting is probably because it's got some foreign object in its, in its intestines. 
If it's a dog that eats things. So yeah, the obvious thing is like, hey, is this dog known to eat things it's not supposed to? And sometimes they all the time. And sometimes the clients come in and they're like, Yep, um, we have a toddler and the dog just follows him around and picks up all of his toys and just swallows them all the time. Or we know he chews on these this chew toy we get him and he loves chewing on them and we try to take them away before he breaks them down to swallow them, but like sometimes we can't. So we know he chews on this or our dog loves to eat rocks in the yard or whatever. So yes, sometimes it is known that this animal gets stuff and will eat stuff. Um, cats love to play with, you know, their toys and now, you know, so sometimes I'll ask, are any toys missing or anything like that? Um, <laughs> are any parts of toys? Parts missing? of toys, exactly. The other thing though, and this is, I think, really important, is if a client tells you there's no way my dog or cat has eaten anything it's not supposed to, we watch him constantly, he doesn't do that, blah, blah, blah there's, it's still a possibility a hundred percent. And I can't tell you, there's so many cases that I've had over the years where the owners swear up and down. There's no way he could have gotten this. Definitely. We have this locked up, blah, blah, blah. And then we remove said thing that he couldn't have gotten into from surgery or endoscopy or something like that. So yes. Yeah, Cause you can't follow your, your animal around. I was like, Oh, seven. you never sleep. Interesting. That sounds very unhealthy for you. You're probably delirious. And if you don't even have a dog, do you, you know, like, <laughs> you know, no, they don't know. Um, they don't, they're not aware of anything that the dog could have gotten into or he's the cat could have gotten. Dog. Yeah, of course he is um, until he's not. So if a client comes in and says, oh yeah, my dog definitely gets into stuff. Super helpful. If the client says, oh, my dog definitely didn't get into stuff. I'm like, mm, he could have. Um, I, I, I don't rule that out. Um, so how do you think you would figure out if a dog has a foreign body? I'm like quizzing you. This is like, you're like a student. We're yeah, this is annoying. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good a job. Let's ago. keep going at least until like you miss something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or you say something dumb and embarrass yourself. Uh, I guess you'd like, we'll do more. poke around. You poke around? Like if it's like a golf ball, I would think maybe you'd have a shot at like- Oh, oh like palpating the belly and feeling yeah. it? Yeah, sometimes you can palpate it yeah. on, on Or the technical exam. term for it, poke it around. You just poke it, yeah. Um, so you can just poke it like with your finger, just like that, just poke it and then- Yeah, just, yeah. golf ball, <laughs> feel so, the dimples. So yeah, you can, yeah, exactly. So that's going to be tricky. Um, what we typically will do is imaging. So usually x-rays. I was going to go there, but I wanted to get like the, you wanted the to easy poke at ones it. first. Yeah. Like so what can you do without exam. spending money? Yeah. So on your physical exam. A really big magnet. Yeah. Really, that's if it's metallic. And even then, it, no. Um, put it in the MRI and just pull yeah. it out that way. No, don't do that. So um, physical exam, yes, if you feel belly pain or you might even be able to palpate the, the foreign object if it's big enough or firm enough. Uh, oftentimes you can't though. So we will want to do imaging of the belly. Um, How do you see like string with yeah, imaging? Yeah, good question. There are a lot of things on x-rays that you cannot see the foreign object itself. Or tensile. Most, most foreign bodies we can't see. Like most of them aren't metallic that you're like, aha, there is the thing that we're looking for um, or bone or something. Some certain structures or certain uh, tissues or uh, densities of materials will show mm -hmm. up really nicely on x-rays, but a lot of them you won't be able to tell. And so what we're looking for is not necessarily the foreign body itself, but for the evidence of the obstruction, right? Because again, just so having like a, a foreign body doesn't- Big old irritated spot. Sort of, yeah. Well, so what the intestines normally do, right, is they move things through. Yeah. So um, they undergo what we call peristalsis, which is the muscular movement of like in um, kind of in a row, like you'll get these circular muscles and they will squeeze, 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 squeeze. So you go along to kind of propel things through the mm -hmm. intestines um, and they keep trying to do that. 
And they do that even if there's an obstruction. And when there does, there gets a backup of usually gas um, because the gas isn't moving through. And so we can see um, that the intestines in front of the obstruction can become really dilated. And so we look for, we talk about like two, um, two populations of bowel. So like some that look normal, normal size, and then another part that looks really distended. You look for the balloon. Kind of, yeah. Um, so we look for the evidence of the obstruction. Sometimes we can see the foreign body, um, but a lot of times we can't. And so we just, we go, hey, there's an obstruction. Uh, I don't know what Remember it's going to be Remember when you had a foreign body? Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. They used imaging to see it. They, they did. They couldn't feel it. Because, yeah, no. I couldn't feel it either. I poked around. So You just said, ow. I stubbed my toe on a sewing needle. And it broke off and was lodged in the tip of my toe. And a lot of people just got really weirded out. Um, maybe maybe this will be the cover for the... Um, we can do the x-ray of my foot for the yeah. cover of this. Um, so I had to have it surgically removed. Yeah, I found half of a sewing needle. Mm -hmm. I, like we squeezed it and I was like, you should feel another half of a sewing needle in a toe. I was like, that's got it. No, it just hurt and a lot. I was like, no, it's not in there. I was like, okay. Yeah, and we tried the to sort of thing. Around. There's no way there could be a No, that's ridiculous. There's no We've way. We've only found half of a sewing needle. <sighs> Yeah, surely the other. And it was just like, on a whim. The the podiatrist was like, "Well, you think there could be anything?" I was like, "Well, well we told him that happened." And I was like, "No, it's not. There's no way. I've been poking around. It's not that." And then it was like, "Well," and then I was like, "Well, you're here. Maybe we should. Maybe we should look into it." And we took X-rays, and yeah. Yeah, and it was a perfect line, like one <laughs> pixel thick across. So it looked <laughs> it like an artifact. And it was an artifact. It was just an artifact. <laughs> it in was you, actually not there. The yeah, it was ridiculous. Felt much better after it was removed, though. I don't know. My toes, no, my foot was sore for three, three days I walked around with a sewing needle lodged in my toe like an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I didn't swallow bodies. it though. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking, oh, you're, um, so you can't see like things like string. So the other common type of foreign body, and this is particularly common in cats, is what we call linear foreign bodies. So things like string, um, twine, rope, yarn, whatever, every, fishing wire, something like that, that is linear. And what happens in these cases is instead of causing like a physical obstruction, like a, a lodging of something in a part of the intestines that nothing can get past, what will happen is the string, your, your, um, your intestines will try to move the string through just like anything else you swallow, but part of the intestines gets tangled up and it gets lodged somewhere else. And then it anchors. And then as the intestines are trying to move the rest of the sting, string through, but it's anchored, it, it gets bunched up. So you can imagine pulling the drawstring on your sweatshirt and how the, that part of the material gets bunched up. That happens to your intestines. And that is not good for your intestines to bunch them up. And then eventually they keep working, keep working, and then um, we can they tear the intestines. Tear themselves apart. Yeah, almost. exactly. And so linear foreign bodies are really bad. Um, you know, you can remove them like anything else. Important thing in cats and dogs, but in particular cats, if you have signs a uh, potential foreign body, is to look under their tongue. And maybe we'll make a video later and post it on YouTube for how to do that. We'll torture our cats and show people how, how to look under a cat's tongue really well um, so that you can make sure that you're not missing an op. Because that's awesome. You don't have to take x-rays at that point. You can be like, oh, I found it. <laughs> There's the foreign body. That's the anchor point. But the anchor can happen in other oh, places so can beside be like the tongue. Down their throat too. If it's Exactly. So it's anchored around... Uh, under their tongue, which has got to be really uncomfortable. And then the rest of the string is they're trying to move it through and that causes a problem. Yeah. Um, but it's a really easy diagnosis to make if you find it I've had that under the tongue. I've had a spaghetti noodle every now and then. You like partially <laughs> swallow it and the rest in your mouth and you're just like... Argh. I have never in my life had that happen. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so weird. Never Where it's like in your mouth, like it's part of it still in your mouth and then part of it's down your throat. Yeah. 
Ew. This is a, I'm pretty sure this is a common thing. Uh, we're going to need people to respond and tell us that this is. So do you like pull it back out or do you just swallow the rest of it? Uh, usually it's spaghetti so it kind of breaks. I think that's what usually happens. This is awful. Yeah, it is. It's a little disconcerting when it happens. Just like, ah. it doesn't happen every time I eat spaghetti. Uh, yeah, I don't. Has it ever? I don't think I've ever been eating spaghetti with you and you've been like, ah. so wait. Oh, no, I, I don't like choke on it. I just, you know, man it, up and. So you just, it feels like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, you like swallow, but the. Part of like it stays in your mouth? Yeah. You just got to kind of finish swallowing it. Or? I think the cure for this is chewing your food. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you don't have time. You don't have time to chew your food? Holy cow. It, I don't know. I, I'm very curious now to see. Um, if anybody out there has also experienced this routinely with spaghetti. Yeah. Or even rarely with I spaghetti. It's a common thing. I think it's not a common thing. But I really want to hear from people. If this has ever happened to you, please um, let us know. Commiserate with Topher. And if not, please also let us know that so I can continue to make fun of him um, for being weird. That's so odd. I'm, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that before. I'm surprised. You might you be the first person. It. No, I chew my food. All right. Is it is it worse with angel hair or is that less likely with angel hair? I think it's less likely. I don't think you'd feel it. No. <laughs> um. All right, let's be careful with dental floss. Um, okay, so the linear form bodies can be um, can be problematic, but again, you can find them if they're under the tongue, but they can anchor elsewhere and you have to go in, usually in those cases, you have to go in surgically, release where they're anchored from and then remove um, the string. And yeah, so this is, this is the key with form bodies that have caused an obstruction is you have to then remove them. Um, and usually if they're obstructing the small intestine, this is surgery. Like you have to go in, feel all of the loops of intestine, find where poke the obstruction around. is, poke around. Yeah. Palpate is the official term, but poke around, just poke, poke, poke with your index finger, just one finger. That's not at all how you do it. So you're going to palpate the intestines, um, feel it until you find where the obstruction is. And then usually, depending on where it is, sometimes they will milk it um, to either like the stomach or out the back. Like if it's close to the colon, they might just like kind of try to milk the yeah. foreign material. But if it's past. like a mile away. but Or if it's just not going to go anywhere. If the intestines aren't healthy or something, then you just have to make an incision and remove, um, you know, make an incision so you can access whatever's in there and remove that. Sometimes you have to cut an entire segment of intestines away if it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, so you just do what's called a resection in anastomosis. So resection meaning take out a chunk and anastomosis meaning so the ends back together. Um, now, there are times when we are worried about a foreign object potentially causing an obstruction like soon after, immediately after a dog or cat has eaten it and we can go in and retrieve it without surgery. Um, and so if you um, have the ability to do endoscopy, which to be fair, a lot of general practitioners don't have some do but most do not this is generally a specialty procedure so you can but you can refer them somewhere and they can go in with a camera and a scope into the stomach and sometimes the, the first part of the duodenum and then retrieve it before it becomes oh, they a got problem. like a little they got little tools pickle picker upper thing yeah so they have baskets they have forceps they have lots of depending on what the foreign object is um and they can scoop those things up and pull them out yeah, before they've like gotten very far a video game right it's actually a lot like playing a video game, which is why I'm not very good at it. So um, when I was a resident, um, we did this training and there was actually one of the faculty was doing a study on um, on how to train residents to do endoscopy. And so I got included in that, which was cool, um, partly because I had 
little to no experience doing endoscopy, but we were, um, we were arranged into two groups. Um, one group practiced on like live animals. So they were anesthetized, but they got to practice on real dogs. And then the other group that I was in, um, they had a simulator. Um, so you use the real en endoscope, but you put mm -hmm. it into this like dark tube in this giant tower that had a computer screen that was like video. And then you, it would be like, you you're like playing a video game because these these scopes have these knobs so yeah. that you can move the um, the end of the scope in different directions. So like, okay, this one's in this plane, this one's in that plane, and you can move it around. Um, and I was, it took me a while. Like I was not good at that. So it was good that I was in the um, in the simulation thing because I could go down and like do more time on like this fake patient. I killed a lot of fake human patients. <laughs> <laughs> when I was practicing, because we were doing colonoscopy practice, um, but it's it's a human, it's a simulator designed for people practicing for people, and um, so you're going around, and then like you could do different things. It was like, oh, the patient died, oh, the patient, like I, I killed a lot of fake patients. I never killed any real ones doing endoscopy. Yeah, because um, you're not a real doctor. No, no, I'm I'm a fake doctor. Um, but it is, uh, I think the dexterity needed is a lot like video games, and I was never good at that. Like I like I played Nintendo when it was. Um, the little cross thing and then the two buttons and what's that the d-pad the d-pad yeah what's the d-pad directional oh you're such a nerd the direct <laughs> the d-pad it's the little cross that has up yeah. down left right and then a and b and that i held it weird um it worked for apparently me. that's like a technique it's that a uh technique one of our nephews that i invented um and people learned it's called the claw grip so i used to yeah i did if, if you know anybody what ever things, wants to the claw uh, grip be impressed bobby at old class nintendo it uses the claw grip so yeah. watch out yeah it's pretty awesome but the claw grip doesn't work when they came out with the new controllers where there were like 37 buttons and then triggers yeah, and on like the back five joysticks so yeah ridiculous so I, I i'm terrible at that so when you're doing endoscopy there's two knobs yeah. pretty much two knobs and that like one for you know this the horizontal plane and one for the vertical plane for like moving the endoscope and then there's some buttons for like insufflate with air and, 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 you know, do a little jet of water. Um, and then there's a separate thing where somebody else comes through with an instrument to go or uh, like a retriever tool. If you're going to get a biopsy or in this case, if you're going to retrieve a foreign body. So you go down into the scope with this little like wire thing that's got some tool on the end. Um, and then it pops out when you can see it on the camera and you go around, you're like, all right, this is where it's like the claw game at, um, at uh, like an arcade where you're like, okay, I'm going to try to get the stuffed animal. I'm going to win the stuffed animal and be so cool. And so <laughs> that is kind of actually what this is like sometimes. Um, I shouldn't say that the, the, in, it's usually internal medicine folks that do this. Um, and they're really good at it. I'm not good at this um but they've done it a lot more so i bet if i practiced i'd get better mm -hmm. i'm okay not practicing but uh, um it would be kind of like the claw game where you're like okay get the we're gonna get the have one in, uh, our next uh, well maybe not if someone gets what are you it. talking about we got one for you a claw game no uh endoscope oh <laughs> i thought that was gonna be like a big arcade claw game for those of you who don't know Topher works in the surplus department so whenever mm. anybody at virginia tech is getting rid of stuff it goes to them and then they decide we're going to trash this because it's worthless or we're going to um put it up for auction and then they recycle. recoup some money they're going to recycle trash. same thing yeah some of it just gets trashed recycle some of it gets trashed. all recycled okay it's all recycled never trashed mm -hmm. he's a liar anyway I thought you had a claw, but it's like going in for a claw machine. You go, you point where you want, and then you grasp the thing, and then sometimes you miss, and sometimes you miss. The difference is, like, it doesn't require quarters, so you just it's just anesthesia time. So I guess it, it does require quarters, <laughs> just a lot of quarters. It requires $100 bills. A lot of quarters. Um, but if, like, if you can get something out endoscopically, one, the pet doesn't need 
a surgery. There's no incision made, which is really awesome. And two, it usually saves them a lot of money. It's usually cheaper to do endoscopy than it is to do surgery. The recovery time is minimal to negligible, like none, if it's just to remove a foreign body that's not actually causing a problem. Um, so that's pretty fun. Um, if we can get something successfully removed. It seems like the most fun would be to um, get like a submarine and then shrink it and then <laughs> inject it into them. And then you'd have a crew that would go through and then. Oh my God, this sounds like a movie. We should, you should write a movie about this. Yeah. It sounds kind of like Isaac Asimov. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, what was that movie called? Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure Fantastic Voyage. Was that based on an Asimov book? Yeah. Oh, I never read that book. Yeah. I read Asimov, but not that one. Yeah, it's the same name? Yeah. Huh. I haven't read that one. All right, cool. For another day. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else do you want to know so and talk about with foreign bodies? What is the, what's the tough stuff with foreign body? Like what, mm. like it, it comes in all the time. It's just like, oh, just boom, boom, we're done. No. Um, sometimes it's not obvious. Like we were making it seem like, oh, it's really obvious. There's a foreign body. You just take some x-rays and sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes you take x-rays and it's not clear. Um, yeah, it seems like the sort of thing. It's like, oh, this is, uh, blah, 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 blah. And you give it medication and it's just no response. Right. Cause sometimes it's like, oh, the animal just feels crummy. Yeah. It's not going to remove a foreign body. Sometimes they'll pass the whatever it is on their own and you'll never know about it and it's fine or they'll be like oh look he pooped out a shoe and you're like oh that was lucky um (laughs) probably not a shoe but you get it um the but it's not always immediately obvious that it's an obstruction um but the animal's still sick so sometimes it's it's challenging to like definitively confirm and surgery is a big deal right like it involves the anesthesia it involves an incision there are risks associated with it the biggest thing is it's not cheap right? Surgery costs a good bit of money. And so you want to be reasonably sure that that's what it's, it needs. Um, but sometimes even if you're like, I am convinced this is what it needs, like financially clients can't always do that. And what's um, the, like the outcome percentage? Is it, is it really, is it an easy surgery that 99% of the time turns out good? Probably maybe not 99, but yeah. Like, okay. So if you catch them early enough, because, okay, why do you need to go and retrieve it surgically? Why can't you just wait for it to dissolve or absorb or eventually pass? Well, the problem is if it's truly causing an obstruction, eventually intestines start to die. Um, and then they can get, just like with the linear foreign body we talked about, the same thing, uh, slightly different mechanism, but the same thing can happen with uh, a regular foreign body where you can get a rupture of the intestines. Yeah, I was about to ask, can they blow up? Yeah, it's like a little bomb going up. No, it's not like they don't blow up, but it will, like it will tear. Yeah, pop. You'll hear the pop, pop in the other room. Yeah, so it is much less exciting than that, but definitely life-threatening because now you have the inside of the intestines, which is technically the outside of the body because it's filled with like bacteria and stuff to help digest, is now leaking into your abdomen, and now you have a septic abdomen. Um, so that's real bad, and you can definitely die from that. So... Um, that, that can that can be a bummer, obviously. Um, but if we get them before they have ruptured, uh, the prognosis for a dog or a cat with a, an intestinal foreign body is excellent, is really, really good mm-hmm. if you can take them to surgery. Now, if we miss it or the clients didn't know about it and bring them in and they're already very sick <clears throat> and they have like a peritonitis or inflammation um, or a sepsis, if they have an infection because they have a leak of their intestines, that prognosis gets worse um, and, it, and it drops significantly if they have a septic peritonitis. But before What's that point, peritonitis? peritonitis is just inflammation of 
the abdomen, okay. the inside of the abdomen. The peritoneum is the lining of the inside of the abdomen. So peritonitis is inflammation of that. All these fancy names. And then septic means infectious inflammation of the abdomen. Um, and that's bad. Still can do well, and, and a lot of them do well. More of them do well than do poorly, but the prognosis definitely gets worse if you have a rupture of the intestine, which makes sense, right? And it's like everything in medicine. The sooner you address it, the better. And that is also true with foreign bodies. Um, but the cost can be a problem. And also, sometimes they come in after hours. And, you know, people don't always want to come in to do surgery after hours. Um, or you might be, like, if you're out in practice, you might not have the staff to do an after-hour surgery. Like, if you're on call, you're the vet on call, you just worked all day, and you're on call, and now you have this case that needs surgery and you're like, well, it's just me. Um, you might not actually have the, um, um, infrastructure in place to do an after hours surgery. Well, how so urgent you do, is it? Is it, it the depends. sort of thing? It's like, yeah, it can, a lot of times it can, it can, wait, it can wait. You can drive in. A lot of times it can wait until the morning. Um, unless it ruptures overnight and that's the problem. You can't always predict when it's going to go from a stable foreign body to a ruptured septic foreign body. Now, if it comes in super duper stable and otherwise okay, we usually feel reasonably comfortable waiting for a little bit, but if they're really painful in their belly or if they already have potential evidence of leakage, like they have free fluid in their belly, um, you know, or they're otherwise just not stable, that's not one I really want to wait on. I want to fix it sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, everybody's stable till they aren't. Yeah. And so that's always the challenge. Like what type of like, can a regular vet do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yeah. Um, uh, so it's yeah. not... It doesn't have to be a specialist. You don't have to be a specialist. No, you don't have to be a specialist. There are certain locations that could be a problem. And if you have to do a large resection, if it's like a duodenal foreign body and you have to do a resection of that, there is um, a, a tube that releases um, bile from the liver essentially into the duodenum. And if you have to remove that part, you have to reroute that tube. Um, so that, I can't do that. I, I can't do that procedure. Mm -hmm. But most foreign bodies, yes. The, um, the average veterinarian... Um, like does if you these get types in there of surgeries. And the intestines is real bad. That's something. Yeah. Um, and again, that's going to depend on the, the surgeon. Like if there is a septic peritonitis, you know, then some people are going to say, I'm less comfortable with that. But most foreign bodies, once you identify them and you recognize you take them to surgery, most veterinarians who do surgery on a regular basis, like it's a, it's a common enough problem that most veterinarians will do this. Mm -hmm. um, not all. Um, not everybody likes to do surgery. Not everybody can. And some people would say, hey, um, if it goes bad, I don't have the capability of doing something beyond that. So they don't want to take it in. But the this is not something that requires referral to a specialist surgeon. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I remember there was a, a video you showed me one time. It was like a you injected a dog with something, and then it uh, vomited. Like, oh, made it do that. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so the other thing we can do if the dog or cat has just ingested a foreign body and it's still in the stomach, we can try to make them vomit in a lot of these cases to see if they can puke it up. So we can actually skip even doing endoscopy or we retrieve it manually and just be like, hey, maybe you can bring it up in reverse of the way you got it down. So what are you, what are you putting in them? Um, poison. Okay. <laughs> um, so there are medications that can Skull induce vomiting. Um, so if it's a dog, we tend to use something like apomorphine. Um, that's my favorite. But you can also, you can use dexmedetomidine, which is a sedative medication. Um, and cats will use dexmedetomidine or I tend to use xylazine. So they're like just medications that will get to the vomiting center in your brain and trigger that and just be like, yeah. make you puke. And I have a bajillion. Okay, maybe not a bajillion. I have dozens. Do you think human doctors do that to their buddies? To their buddies? Yeah, like it's like a, you're at a party or whatever. Like, Let's make Gary throw up. No, I don't think they no. do that. <laughs> 
This is why I'm not a this doctor. This is so why you're not a doctor. Oh my right. God, this is terrible. Like, oh my God, this would be so fun to torture my friends. Right. This is maybe why you don't have any friends. Oh. Oh, that's just, I'm kidding. No, it's because we moved to Virginia. because I made a move. You still have friends. They just live far away. Yeah. Yeah. Are they listening now? Call Probably him. Not. He misses you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't. No. He doesn't miss you at all because you haven't called him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't know. tell your friends what you want to say. Are they um, listening now? Yes, they should watch out because I'm going to figure out that medication and make them puke. <laughs> so the one apomorphine comes in like little tablets. Does it work on people? Probably. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But what you can do is you can crumble the little like tablet. It's going to be the next TikTok And you can put challenge. it in their eye. You can put don't it in their eye. This. They're going to start people. doing that. They can't get a hold. It's prescription only. But yeah, you can put can it in the dog's conjunctiva. And it will make them puke. I personally like People buy injection. cocaine, they can get this. I suppose. <laughs> this is better for them than cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not recommending it. Um, yeah, but inducing vomiting to try to bring the foreign body up is a really good suggestion and something that we is do it sometimes. Cheap? Yes. It's yeah. cheap. It's pretty safe. So as long so as the animal is stable. So you see your dog eat like a, like a Lego. Yeah. Maybe try that. Yeah, like call us up and we can maybe induce vomiting. And then if that doesn't work, we can scope it out. Or yeah. we can play just, the odds and wait and see. Yeah. We can wait and see if he poops it out. Just look for that red brick on the outside. So yeah, I mean, you can take these cases, you know, one at a time and see how it's going. Once it's out of the stomach, if it's not causing any problems, I'm going to wait and see, right? Like if I go, oh yeah, he swallowed this and it's not in his stomach anymore, we're going to wait and see. I'm not going to go and send a dog to surgery if he's not having problems because he might work it out himself. Um, but if that animal starts to vomit, then guess what? We might have to go retrieve it. Surgery. Yeah. So if you see like you do a, a scan or something and you see a dog that's got stuff in its belly, but it has none of those problems. Yeah. You're just going, Hey, uh, Hey, FYI. If he, uh, if he ever does this, bring him in. And Are you missing a diamond ring? <laughs> I found it. <laughs> oh, that was in a movie. Probably. Oh, that was in, um, snatch. Yeah. Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't, they're probably still doing this, but um, for a long time, every year, like veterinarians were submitting like the best x-rays they had for like crazy foreign bodies. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, There'd be like an entire like butcher knife in this dog's throat. Like dogs do the weirdest things. Um, It's always best if it's like something that shows up on x-rays because not everything is going to show up on x-rays, but like the toys where you can see like the entire outline of a toy and it's like a head. Um, or, um, one time I saw one and it was like the entire skeleton of a snake. Like the dog had swallowed an entire snake, like (laughs) intact. And so you can see this entire snake skeleton on the inside of the dog. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, dogs, dogs eat weird stuff. Yeah. They they had that on, um, Aziz Ansari's show. His dad. You don't remember that part? No, remember. His dad was a proctologist, and he had things that oh, <laughs> he like they a had whole like shelf the whole, of all the stuff, like, the shelf of stuff like, they'd removed. Yeah, people put weird things in their butts. Yep. Yeah. Usually for dogs and cats, it's um, it didn't go in the butt; it went in the mouth. And but dogs and cats put weird things in their mouths, and then they swallow them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the other thing I tell people, and this is an important thing for you guys to tell your clients, is that that dog or that cat is not going to learn its lesson. It is right, not yeah. going to associate eating the shoe or it's swallowing the going penny. to the vet. Right. But that happened later, right? Like going to the vet, everything bad happened. Um, me eating the shoe was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. So they're not going to make that association. Um, and so I tell clients that I use that phrase. I'm like, your cat is not going to learn from this. So you have to keep the string away from her. You have to get rid of the string based toys. You have to hide your hair ties. And that's something I'm good at personally. Yeah. I don't um, 
every morning in the bathroom, there's like two hair ties on there. It's like Motor loves to eat these. He doesn't. He likes to swat at them. Yeah. Until he eats one. He might one day. He's a good cat. He doesn't he eat the hair cat. ties. So he I is. have to put him up in the medicine cabinet. So there's like 50 hair ties up in the medicine cabinet. Better than, which means he hasn't eaten them, which means yeah. he doesn't eat them. Because someone cares about cat. him. He's a good cat. Yeah. Um, but your cat had a string coming out of his butt. Yeah. He ate some it. toy that he never part plays of a with. Toy. I know it was weird. We had to throw that toy out. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, we were lucky on that one. <laughs> ah! Anyway, so, um, but Hippo didn't learn his lesson. So we did. And yeah. we threw away the string toy. The yeah. The toy that toy. we don't even play I with. No, I don't even know what he was doing. Anyhow. Um, that's it. I think that's everything. I think we've. Yeah. Covered all of it. Is there anything else that we've forgotten? Um, anything else that you don't know about it? You're an expert now. Everything. Just oh, poke really? around. Just poke. Just poke around. That's it. That's the answer to most things. Yeah. Oh, is there ever going to be like so? Instead no. of a oh, um, <laughs> instead of like an endoscope, like a little <gasps> rover. Hopefully, so they can, you can yeah. just like drive around. Yeah. And there's here's no what, here's the limitation of the endoscope is the scope is only so long. And so that's why we can only retrieve ga like gastric form bodies, things that are in the stomach or maybe the first part of the duodenum. Mm -hmm. But if it's in the middle of the intestines, we can't reach it with a scope. So unless it's made it all the way to the colon, but if it's made it all the way to the colon, it'll get pooped out. So actually, yes. Yeah, it seems like you that would like be amazing car. if you could go. But the problem is how are you going to get it out? You just drive it back out. Okay. <laughs> Simple. Right. Yeah. But like it's stuck, and now you have a tiny little. The car. real problem would be um, if the battery dies. <laughs> yeah, now you have <laughs> you another have foreign body. Foreign bodies. Because <laughs> if it's something that small, it's uh, not going to have that good of a battery. So. I'm more concerned about like having this ro remote control car. It drives down. You're like, yep, there's the foreign body. Well, we can luck. drive. Good down luck, there. guys. Drive back out. It's not driving down. It's going to be swallowed, and then you're going to rely. Yeah. Oh, you just put like little wheels and just wheels. Like, what do you think wheels. the inside of the intestines is like? It's not. It's not a paved road. Well, it's the so it like <laughs> squeezes in, and it's it's treads. How about okay? Or it can be like we'll a put little, like a monorail. It can be like a little worm <laughs> movement. But yeah, but that's what I the think, intestines do. I bet the problem is the battery. The battery is the limiting. Yeah, the battery is the limiting. Okay. Yeah, I bet somebody's trying to figure this out. Yeah. Probably for human medicine for all the things that children swallow. Yeah. And it's probably maybe signal too might be. No, I think. You no, that part's fine. They already have little things that you can swallow that just take video and pictures. But I don't know that we have to the point where they can retrieve things. So it already exists that you can swallow essentially a pill that's a camera and you swallow it. And as it goes through your intestines, it records everything it finds. And then they'll use that to kind of figure out what's wrong with you. Yeah. What if it but gets stuck? It's little. It's like, it's like the size oh, of a pill. Like my car that I'm, you're going to. But it's not retrieving anything. It's not removing something that's stuck. Yeah. That's going to have to be like the transformers, like, burp, 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 and the giant just claw comes out and removes could have it. it like, <laughs> just like drill out the side. <laughs> that's totally going to work. I think that'll go over well. People yeah. are like, well, it's like alien. Things are just like popping out of the side of the dog under anesthesia. What the? Oh, oh. oh it's hey, got that penny. He got it. Good job. That's going to happen in our lifetime. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. On that super optimistic note i think that's all i've got so thanks for having a chat with us and listening about foreign bodies and if you're watching on youtube um keep thanks. watching yeah <laughs> and uh i don't know should we say oh. all the things we have veterinary journal club or at gmail.com yep that's the email and address. then the instagram is also that vet, or vet journal, journal club which is also our twitter handle yes and then the youtube channel is dr, dr. Bobby. bobby yeah 
he names everything. Yeah. Um, that, he's very creative. And keep a lookout for the how to look for a string in your cat's mouth. Oh, yeah. We'll do that video soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one. Bye. Bye.